0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pirkei Avos podcast. This is Rabbi Shlomo Kohn, where we live with the ethics of the Torah. If you have any questions or comments or would like to say hello, or tell me how you enjoy this podcast, please send me an email at rabbishlomo.com with a K at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. For this week, continue with Pirkei Avos. We're in the beginning. We started over again. And we're working our way through. We begin with Perik Aleph, Mishnah Base, Chapter One, Mishnah Number Two. Shimon the Righteous, who we're going to we're going to talk a little bit about him today. He was the Kohen Gadol, the High Priest, was one of the remnants of the Great Assembly, right, the Sanhedrin. Who are you, He used to say, Shimon HaTzadik, Shimon the Righteous would say, The world stands on three things. Number one, on the Torah. Number two, on the service of God. We'll explain what that means. And upon acts of loving kindness. And if you look at this Mishnah, many times, you know, children, when they learning in school about different concepts in Judaism. They come home with different types of artwork and projects. And many times when the teacher gets to this unit, um, te- teaching about the existence of the world and what supports the world, the children, and I specifically just recently saw this with my own daughter, she learned about this Mishnah, and she brought him a picture of, of, a, of the Earth with three pillars. And these three pillars are holding up the earth. And you see one pillar is Torah. The second pillar is Avoda, And the third pillar is Gemilas Hasadim, right? So it's the learning of Torah. Study of Torah is number one. The service of the temple, which we said, which we'll explain that is nowadays is the prayer service has taken that place of the, of the service in the temple because we do not have a temple right now. And number three is Chesed, doing acts of goodness and kindness to others. Now, just before we begin, just to talk a little bit about Shimon Sadik. Shimon Sadik was a one of the most righteous Kohen Gadol's. He was one of the Kohanim. The, he was the high priest. And the the Mishnah, sorry, the Talmud relates there are five miracles that happened during his lifetime when he was the Kohen gado And it's actually brought down that when Alexander the Great came to conquer the land of Israel, Shimon HaTzadik came out to greet him. And when, when Alexander the Great saw Shimon HaTzadik, he got off of his horse and bowed down to him. And when people asked him about this, how could you, the great Alexander the Great, bow down to a Jew? He told him that every time I go to battle, and I know I'm going to win when I see this image of this man dressed the way he's dressed, right? He was dressed like the high priest. And now I see him in person. So every time he would go to battle and he he would see this man in his, in, in I guess in his, he would have a vision of this man either in his sleep. He would, he knew he would win. And now he met him. It was Shimonat Tzaddik. So he he prostrated himself towards him. He knew he realized he was a righteous individual, a righteous person. Alexander the Great um, had a relationship with Shimon al-Tzadik. He was able to use his connection with Alexander the Great to persuade him to not conquer the Holy Land. And actually, he was able he he was appointed Shimon was appointed um, the governor of the Holy Land. You know, normally in, in regular times before the land of israel was conquered by other nations there was the, the leaders of the jewish people i mean obviously after the there was the king and the kohen gadol the king of was the you know from the house of david and the kohen gadol was the spiritual father of the jewish people and together they would lead the nation after the destruction of the of the base the um the the nassi there was a Nasi, like a president of the congregation that was appointed, and the nasi also was from the house of David, from that royal line, and together the nasi and the kohen Gadot would also lead the Jewish people. And Shimon al-Tzaddik, even though he normally would have not been the politically in charge, since I guess you know Alexander the Great respected him and recognized him as a righteous individual, he gave him power to implement different policies and decisions throughout the land of Israel, and, and it's brought down that he was able to use his position for the benefit of the Torah and for the benefit of the Jewish people. And just a quick lesson, which I wanted to take out from this, is that the importance of using our, our abilities and the positions that we're placed in to help others. Obviously, we have to follow the rules and do what's proper and do what's right. But at the same time, we have skills, we have abilities, we have knowledge. We should Use the God-given skills and ability and positions that we're in to help um, help other people, right? To f- to strengthen the Torah, to to, um, to help out our, our our brethren in their times of need. And this is something we learn from Shimon HaTzaddik because everybody has something that they can contribute they, they some type of knowledge, some type some type of uh, you know experience that they can use to help somebody else out. And, you know, it's it's something that we should really keep in mind. I remember personally, different times that I have had different challenging situations. And, you know, it's, it's crossed my mind that the experience that you're having, sometimes it might not be unpleasant. It might be an unpleasant situation. But if you're able to just remember and think how when we're having an experience, to experience the experience, and obviously I'm not taking away from challenge and from hardship, but after we get through something successfully, God willing, we're able to use that, um, that experience and the whatever we gain from it to help others and even to just empathize with others as well, to feel someone else's pain. That's also something which is tremendous as well. And that's something which I feel we can learn out from this Mishnah. Now, when I want to start off with the Mishnah, we talk about the three things that Shimon Sadik would talk about, the three things he would say. And it wasn't the only things he would say that the world, you know, stands on three things, Torah, avoda, and Gimels Hasadim, that the world stands on the merit of Torah, and, and I'm not, sorry, that the world was created for Torah, avoda, and Gimels Chassadim. It's just that this is one of the main ideas that he used to transmit. And as we're going to go on this chapter, we're going to be quoting different leaders and great rabbis and tanoim and we're going to be saying the different um, thoughts and ideas that were common to them and for their time. Because every generation has different things which they struggle with, just like every person has different struggles. Every generation as a whole has their challenges. And therefore, Hashem, God gives each each generation their leaders, which they need to tell that tell their people of that time what they need to hear. And just to go through the Mishnah on, on a simple level, to understand what we're talking about, the Mishnah says that the world, on these three things, the world stands. And if you look in the commentary, in the Rav, he says, he explains that what the Mishnah means, the Mishnah means that the world was created so that the Jewish people can fulfill these three things. The existence of the world was only brought to fruition so that the, that Torah can be learned, the avoda, the service of God, can be performed, and that acts of goodness and kindness, gemilas can be done. That we can do it for one another. And um, what I wanted to do is I wanted just to just to speak about these three topics and these three ideas, their importance, and God willing, we'll be able to take out some important lessons from each one. So you have Torah the learning that the world came into existence for the sake that the Jewish people should learn the Torah. That's number one. The first thing we need to remember is that, is that we, we've mentioned in the past how life could be complicated. And therefore, in order in order to help us get through life and to be the best we can be, Hashem, God has given us an instruction book. And the instruction book and is the Torah. It's the way that we we can engage ourselves with others, how to reach our potential, and to by following the instruction book to live the most um, most meaningful life. Now, there's actually there's a very interesting Gemara, and the Talmud relates this concept numerous times. How the world only came to existence because of the Torah, and I'm going to read right now just one um, short passage from the Talmud in in um, Shabbos. The Gemara says as follows. The Gemara says, Chizkiah said, Amar chizkia. Chizkia said, My Dixiv, what is the meaning of this which is written? It says in, in Psalms, Mishamayim Hishmata Din Eretz Yerav From heaven you made judgment, meaning, which was referring to the, the Torah. The Torah heard, the earth became afraid and grew calm. Now, it's sort of referencing that the earth became afraid and then became calm. So, what is the what is King David in Psalms referring to here? So, he says, so the Gemara continues. Yira, lama shakta, if it became afraid, why did it grow calm? Right? If the earth became afraid, why did it, if it grew calm, why, why did it become afraid? Elet betchila rather the verse means that in the beginning, before the Jewish people accepted the Torah, the earth was afraid. And in the end, I guess after the Jewish people accepted the Torah, became calm. So let's understand this Gemara, this agadic Gemara in, in this verse of from the from the verse in Psalms. The Gemara explains why the earth was afraid before the Jews accepted accepted the Torah. Right? Why is the earth afraid? The Why did it become afraid? Why was the earth afraid? Kideray This can be explained with the teaching of Reish Lakish. The Amar for Reish Lakish says, "My What's the meaning of this which is written?" And there was evening and there was morning, the sixth day, which is quoting from the verse in Genesis, from, from the verse in beratius So the Gemara says, hey, you say, why do I need the extra letter hey? The Torah, when, when describing the sixth day, it could have just said, it, there was evening and there was morning, sixth day. What's the, the sixth day? So we learn out, everything is exact in the Torah. There's no, there's nothing extra. Every letter, every word, placement. So there's an extra hey here. What are we going to do with the extra hey? So it teaches us, <laughs> It teaches us that Hashem, God, made a stipulation with the works of creation. He said to them, If the Jewish people accept the Torah, you will endure. It's referring to the earth. But if they do not accept the Torah, I return you to to emptiness. Tohu vavoh is emptiness. That God obviously created the world, and He's saying I'm only keeping the world in existence if the Jewish people are studying Torah, and that's the um, the the point of the world was that that the Torah should be studied and learned. Now it's actually interesting. It's it's brought down that if one person, if if Torah is not learned for one moment so then the world will stop to exist. It's like you know the you have gas in a car and if there's no gas the car will not go anymore. So in the earth the earth exists. you know we, we say in the prayer service and I'm just blanking out the exact words we say that God created the world but he also keeps it in existence. So what keeps the world in existence is the fact that people are studying Torah. And people are learning, and, and that's actually one of the reasons why there's different time zones throughout the world. That God created the world in such a fashion that in that there's always going to be somebody wherever you are in the world. That it's always going to be daytime. It's always going to be a time where people could study. Because if the whole world was on one time time zone, so there would, be, it would you know how many people in the, are, are studying at two a.m., three a.m., four a.m. Maybe not any. So to prevent a situation like that, there's different time zones so that wherever, you, wherever whatever. Wherever people are throughout the world, there's always someone studying Torah. Now, I, I wanted to bring out one more idea about the importance of Torah study. There's a um, there's a beautiful thought from Rav Chaim V'laziner in Ruach Chaim, and he says as follows: He says that everything in the, in our physical world has its source in the spiritual world, right? And we know that if you look it's brought down i believe in the um in the Medrash that a blade of grass has an angel telling that blade of grass to go grow 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 every single component in creation has an angel telling it to grow right a piece of grass a small thing like a piece of grass that there's an angel for that piece of grass telling it to grow and he says that each you know this this physical world has a parallel spiritual world and there's a connection. The the physical, even though we see things, it doesn't in our mind, it maybe doesn't connect so much, but the physical has its source in the spiritual. And we have to know that when we do good things, right? When we learn Torah and we do mitzvot, that goodness, the hashbos, as it's referred to in Hebrew, the influences, come down from heaven and make the world a better place. And the way that I like to bring this out is through a concept called the butterfly effect. If you look up online, you Google the word, word butterfly effect. It's sort of this theory where if a butterfly flaps its wings somewhere in India, that the wind from that wing flap can create a tsunami in the other side of the world called that's what the butterfly effect is that the that small little tiny action in one place of the world right that wind moving in one place of the world builds up builds up builds up until it turns into a tsunami somewhere else and we as Jews we believe and this is really brought out from this Mishnah as well this idea from Rafhaim Velajhner from Ruach Haim that when we learn when we do mitzvos right because the we're 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 creating a spiritual butterfly effect that even though spirituality is, you know, we don't, in our minds, it doesn't connect to the physical. It's really not like that. They're very much intertwined. Because when we do something good, when we do a mitzvah, it prevents someone from getting hurt somewhere else in the world. It has, there's this pipeline, there's a spiritual pipe, you know, um, you know, it's hard. how do I, what's the right word? It's, um, there's, you know, I, I, obviously, I'm, I don't mean literally, but the idea, the way to explain the idea is that there's a spiritual pipeline that comes from heaven, that everything good we do has an influence on the physical world as well, right? So if we do a, 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 a if we're doing what we're supposed to be doing, you can have an influence that the stock market will go up, right? Uh, or maybe, uh, you know, we don't know what equals what, but the point is, is that, When we do good, and this is something we just talked about in in the Path of the Just and Silsa as well from Rav Rav Moshe Chaim Lutzato, that when we do good and we do mitzvahs and learn Torah, we make the world a better place. And when we do bad, we corrupt the world as well. So there's this interplay between the physical and the spiritual. It's not just that they're separate. Like as many times we will think of spiritual, people believe in a spiritual world, they'll believe in spirituality, but they won't necessarily think that it translates into the physical. And it's important for us to remember that the spirituality also affects the physical as well. There, there is a component of reward in the next world, which is all true. But even now in this world, the spiritual things we do have an impact on the physical world and the, the, the world we live in. And the, 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 the biggest impact that we can have on the world, you know, mitzvahs are good, learning, doing good deeds are good the biggest thing, they're going to have the biggest influence on the world is learning Torah. And that's something we just need to remember. What we're doing right now, we're studying Torah, we're learning what Hashem wants, we're trying to delve into the truth, we're trying to get an attachment to Hashem. And that act in of itself is the biggest thing that a person can do to impact the world. And it, you know, maybe it's hard for us to to put this together, you know, we don't see it. It's not necessarily in our mind one plus one equals two, but it's something which is very clear if you look at you know different different writings and different um Jewish thought. And I think if we internalize this idea and, and realize it, and and it's not something that's so far off, right? We believe in, in atoms, we believe in in all these protons and neutrons, but right? we don't see it. We don't see these things. How do you? You don't see a, a, the the atoms spinning around, or the, the electron, the proton, but we believe in it. right? So why can't it be spiritual as well? That the spirituality can have effect on this physical world as well. And that's something we should keep in mind. So the Mishnah continues with the next thought, which is regarding the gemilas chasadim, The next pillar, the next reason that the world was created was for the idea, it was for the sacrifices. The sacrifices were performed in the temple and they were brought that the the Rav says in in the Mishnah says that the, from from the Gemara and Tinus from the Talmud and Tainis that if not for the the karbonos, the sacrifices the world would cease to exist. Now, it's very interesting. It's an interesting thought over here. One of the legs of the tripod is the sacrifices, the service of the temple. What what would what would happen is that a person would bring from his own money. A sacrifice, either as an atonement or as a present to God, it it would help him have a connection. It would help him reawaken his connection. It would help him um, inspire him to be better and to to repent, to do teshuva. Now, nowadays we don't have the temple anymore. We don't have this the the the, um, the the service, the giving the sacrifices, but we do have davening. We do have prayer. We we have we. We daven three times a day: shacharis, mincha, and Mairiv, which is, corresponds to the sacrifices. the The morning, the 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 shacharis correspond to the morning tamid. The mincha mincha prayer corresponds to the afternoon tamid. and ma'ariv, the evening services, is is in place of the burning of the fats on the altar. And the uh, there's a very important idea, which which shows why this was created why this is such an important part of the tripod because if you think about it right why does if god is infinite what does he need these sacrifices for what does he need animal sacrifices for he needs animal sacrifices what god enjoys right and i could even take it more extreme god needs our prayers god needs to hear us praise him he's infinite why does he need us to say his praises right so the there's different answers that are given but the main Idea is that prayer and the, the service of God in the temple was not something that was for God, it was for us. And the way I like to bring it out is an example. Let's see, take a story, and that there's this father, and he has a child. And the father, this child, right, the mother passes away and he decides to get remarried. And this new wife that he finds was a very nice lady, but he says, you know, one thing, I don't want the kid around. Got to get rid of the kid. So the father doesn't know what to do. So he decides, you know what? He has a lot of money. He's going to pay for a house for this kid. he will give him a credit card. give him a car. I'll be taken care of. And he goes to the kid. He says, son, getting married, but I still love you very much. Here's a house. It's yours. You'll have everything fully stocked with food, be cleaned, everything you need. And you know what? It's not just that. Here's the keys to this brand new car I'm giving you as well. Gas taken care of. And thirdly, I'm giving you this credit card for anything else that you might need unlimited, but I can't really have anything to do with you. I'll see you once a year, twice a year, but that's it. I just can't. Do you think that child is a happy child? The answer is a resounding no. Even though he has everything he could ever want in his life, he doesn't have something which is the most important thing to him he could ever want. That's a connection with his father. Many times people look at prayer, it's it's a burdensome thing. It's it's something which is, you know, um, annoying. Why do I have to pray? Why do I have to go to synagogue? I, you know, it doesn't make any sense. I can't understand it. You're not doing it for God. You're doing it for yourself. Because prayer represents the connection we have with Hashem, right? Sometimes I bump into people and, and I'll, they'll, they'll bagel me. The expression is, they'll say, oh, boy chick, you know, and they'll, they see I'm visibly religious. They'll say, boy chick, or they'll say good Shabbos. So sometimes I get into a conversation and I'll say, you know, in a nice way, of course, do you go to show, you know, or come to show, come, come with a smile on my face and I'll get different answers. And, and I'll say, I've said to people in the past, you know, you should come. God wants to hear from you. He wants to hear from you. And many times the different challenges in our, in our life, God gives us those challenges just because he wants to hear from us. He Because we know it's natural for human being that when we face hard times, we we um we turn to God. And, you know, I'm sure many of us can relate to different challenges we've had in our lives where we've had that certain connection to God that we didn't have at other times. And we just need to realize that when it comes to service of God and praying, the, the reason why it's a pillar is because that represents our connection to Hashem and our connection um, as a, to our Father, to our Father in heaven. Now, a third, the third pillar, which I want to discuss tonight, is the is the idea of gemilas chasadim, which is referring to doing kindness and doing kindness for others, piker and visiting the sick, uh, visiting those who've lost a relative, nichum right, burying the dead, bringing a, marrying off a poor bride, doing chesed, doing for others. And if you look at the word of chesed, chesed means overflow. The word chesed itself means to overflow, and the idea is is that it's we we want to People in general are naturally self-centered. And it's in, it's very important for us as individuals to not focus on ourselves, but rather turn outward and overflow to others, to do for others. And really, just to bring this point home on, on a really very powerful way, is that you know, you've heard of the expression of living off the grid. People. They live off the grid. They have nothing to do with anybody else in society. Everything, they grow their own food. They have their own electricity. They're totally off the grid. They live by themselves. That's not regular. Most people, if not all people, you know what? Even the people live off the grid. We need to come on to others. We need to help others. And to really bring this point home, if you buy, you know, you might think yourself as a a self-sufficient individual, Right, you're you're independent, but really we're not. We're all not independent. We all rely on others. Because if you go to the store, you buy a loaf of bread. How many people were involved in that loaf of bread from beginning to end? Could be hundreds of people, hundreds of people from growing to planting to harvesting to to processing to to trucking to the store. Right to everything tons of people. So the point is Hashem made this world, God made this world so that we could rely on each other, that we can help each other out. We should be together. And one thing which I want to take out of from tonight, and and I think it's a very powerful idea to finish on, is this idea that we all have relationships with other people. And many of us don't like to be takers. We like to be givers. But it's also important to be a taker as well. And the story I like to use to bring this out is that I once was on, on an airplane and I, I saw this lady, you know, it was the old types of airplanes where you have to go up the stairs to, to get to the plane outside of the tarmac. There was a woman there who was a little child, I saw it was harder for her to carry the suitcase. So I took her suitcase and I just, you know, she, she I asked her if you need help. She didn't give me a straight answer. So I took it and brought it up the stairs and put it down. And that was the end of it. At the end of the flight, she comes over to me and she gives me a, a, you know, a bag of whiskeys and um mini whiskeys she said you know i see you keep kosher so i decided i got you this you know and i tried to give it back to her you know the joke i say always is that the moral of the story is if you help help an older person get free booze but um but on a serious note um the the lady i tried to give it back to her and she wouldn't hear of it she's like you know sometimes with a british actions said it said sometimes you have to take in order to give and it's very important that when we deal with people, we shouldn't just be um, givers. We should be a taker because it's not healthy to have one-way relationships. And, you know, no one wants to feel that they, you know, when we do a favor somebody, right? Deep down, we don't want to, the person to pay us back because we want to own them. We want to own them, right? If I did a favor someone else, they owe me one. That's what I want. No, it's important to let the person do something back for you. Don't just be a taker. Let Meaning you're doing a chesed, you're doing something good by letting that person do something for you. And a lot of times with myself, you know, I, I learn with people many times. I study with people. And and um I like to find opportunities where the people I study with can teach me something back. Right. I've learned guitar or you know, guitar. I've learned from someone who I learned with, they they taught me to ski, to, to shoot, right? These different things. The people I've learned with, I you know, I, I don't I don't want to be in a relationship where I'm just, it's a one-way thing. I don't want people to feel like that. I own them, God forbid. So it's important to give people opportunities to to let them make it a two-way relationship because they shouldn't feel like two cents. Let them feel good, right? Even though you don't like to take, because it's important to take sometimes as well. And I feel like that's one of the central ideas of chesed. It's not just doing for others, but it's letting others do for you as well. That's just a very powerful thought when it comes to these, these three legs of the tripod. So we have a basic idea, of these three legs and how they balance out. The Torah, right? How the world was created for this purpose and that it represents the influences that come down to this world. How everything, how everything, there's this flow from the spiritual world to the physical. And you have the Avoda, which is the service of God, which is our connection to Hashem. And thirdly, the gemilas Hasadim, which is doing for others and we're not here alone. We need other people and we should let others do for us as well. So that's going to finish today's Mishnah. I hope you all enjoyed. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to reach out to me at rabbishlamakon with a K at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you.